I'm going to ask, if you will, in your copy of God's Word to turn to Romans and chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 15 and 16. Now, as I said in your Who's Your One packet and prayer guide, you also received a piece of paper with the Romans Road to Salvation. Now, I would encourage you this morning, uh, if you are so inclined, to take that and you might add some notes to that as I'll be preaching this morning through the Romans Road of Salvation. But I'll also be adding a few other scriptures that you don't have on your page, and so if you would like to have those just to help as you go out, I would encourage you to do that. I also encourage you now to be writing the name of your one, if you know that, on your card. And if you're physically able this morning, I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me as we show reverence and honor to the reading of God's holy infallible word this morning. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome. In verse 15 he says, So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Why? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And all of God's children said, Amen. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word today. You may be seated. Let's pray. Our Lord, on this day, would you allow us to see the glory of the gospel, the love of the Father, the passion of the Son, Jesus Christ, and the presence and power of the Holy Spirit unto salvation. And Lord, I ask this morning that you help me as I share your good news for man today. And I ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. What do we mean when we say the gospel? Well, the word actually means good news. So he was saying, I'm not ashamed of the good news that God has given. One has stated that the gospel is like a three-legged stool that one would sit upon. One leg is the gospel story, and by that I mean the Bible in its entirety from Genesis to Revelation. God revealing Himself and His redemptive plan for all the world. The second leg of that stool would be the gospel announcement of Jesus Christ as Jesus being the one who fulfills and accomplishes the bigger story. You see, all of the gospel story points us to the gospel announcement of Jesus Christ as one fulfilling all that the Lord had willed. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.3, For I have delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. That is the gospel announcement. The life, 
the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The third leg of that stool is the gospel community. Those who have received the gospel story and the gospel announcement. This speaks of the church living out the gospel story every day and obediently sharing the gospel story to others in their lives. It is Christians worshiping, serving, giving, leading others to Christ, making disciples, and baptizing as Christ has commanded. Now think for a moment of those three legs. If you take one away, you have a warped stool, a stool that is not useful to sit safely upon. So above all things, we must get the gospel right. Why? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only source of peace with God. It is the only true hope that we have in this life for eternity. The gospel is salvation from sin. The gospel is abundant and purpose-filled living. The gospel is immortality in heaven. And so as Paul the Apostle said that he was eager to preach the gospel in Rome and he explained why. Because the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone that believes. And only in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed through Jesus Christ unto the believer. And that's why our lives, our church, the church of God around the world, should be all about the gospel. It is all about the gospel. That's why we're even here today, because it's all about the gospel. Now, why would the Apostle Paul need to declare that he was not ashamed of the gospel? That he would use those words. I'm eager to preach to you in Rome because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, the reason he needed to declare that is because the gospel is unattractive and repulsive to the unsaved world. It truly is. Not only that, it is insulting. It exposes man's sin. It exposes man's failures, his weakness in mind, body, and soul, and his inability to rescue himself from guilt and shame, death and judgment. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 22 and 23, Paul again writes in that letter, For Jews demand signs. Jews were always demanding signs of Jesus Christ. It didn't matter if He just had opened the eyes of the blind, if He had just fed many thousands with just a loaf, a few loaves and fish. It didn't matter what He did. If He raised Lazarus, they were still saying, show me a sign that you're really the Messiah that has been promised to us to the ages. He goes on to say, Jews demand signs and Greeks wisdom, philosophy. He said, but we preach Christ crucified. And this message is a stumbling block to the Jews. It insulted them to think that their promised Messiah would die upon a cross of shame, naked and bleeding. So it was a stumbling block to the Jews. This could not be our Messiah. But it is also foolishness to the Greek. And this story of the gospel announcement is foolishness to most of the world today. 
That's why the apostle said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel goes against the message of the world. And we know that. And therefore, we at times, even as Christians, can be ashamed of the gospel. Now you might say, that's not true, Pastor. I have been when I've had the opportunity to share the gospel and I didn't. Why? You have too, amen? Why? Because you know it goes against what the world believes. It is not an easy message. It's not easy for everyone to swallow. And it takes the Spirit of God to do it. It's much easier to talk about the cats or the new restaurant in town, not right? Or the weather. Or our days at school or work. We know that. And that's why many times we shrink back from sharing the gospel. And I'll say this, much of the church today, especially in America, is not only ashamed of the gospel, but here's even greater, they're bored with the gospel. And that's why they spend their time wanting to entertain people instead of preaching the gospel. They're bored with the gospel. They say, oh, I got that. If you ever hear that, they don't have the gospel. More than that, we are also at times forgetful about the gospel. At other times we have disbelief in the sufficiency of the gospel for our salvation and daily lives. And beloved, there's times we are just unfaithful to the gospel. We easily compromise the gospel as well. However, Paul's calling and passion was to see men saved. He knew it was all about the gospel. He was concerned about, he wasn't concerned about his comfort and popularity. He was concerned about the lost state of mankind. And also, he did not compromise the truth of the gospel. He was not embarrassed by the gospel, ashamed of the gospel, because he knew that in it alone is the power of God revealed for salvation to all that believe. Romans in chapter 3, verses 10 to 11 and verse 13 tells us why we need the gospel. I ask every ear and heart and mind to be open today as I tell you that you need the gospel. Why? Because Paul wrote in this letter, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. None is righteous. No one understands on their own. No one in themselves seeks for God. Beloved, God is always the initiator. He takes the initiative to come unto you. And He's done that today by drawing you here through the Holy Spirit. Verse 23 of that same chapter says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every person has sinned. Every person here today has fallen short of the glory of God in their own goodness, strength, and wisdom. What is sin? Well, psychology will have one definition biology another, ethics and philosophy also have their thoughts and terms on the subject, 
But however, all agree that there is something deficient in all mankind that keeps us from acting rightly all the time. We know that there is a problem with mankind. The Bible in its most basic Hebrew and Greek words define it as missing the mark, missing the target. Then we must ask, what is the target? The target is God's perfect will for His creation. And the target is also God's standard for holiness, which is found in God's character alone. Out in the foyer, to my right at this time, when you walk in those doors, you look over upon the wall and you see the Ten Commandments. That is God's standard for holiness. And not one person here, including myself, not one person that has walked upon the face of the earth other than Jesus Christ has kept those commandments. And the Bible says if you are guilty in one, you are guilty in all of them. That's the standard of holiness. So all miss God's perfect will for their lives and we're unable in ourselves to measure up to His holiness. Therefore, since we all have sinned, we all have fallen short of the target, of the mark. We have fallen short of the glory of God. And therefore, we are not reconciled into a right relationship with our Creator. Not one person here today or in all the earth is without sin. And we are unable in our own goodness and good works and efforts to meet God's demand for holiness. Now, we do a lot of measuring. We measure ourselves against other people many times. But it's not about our goodness. And you might measure yourself and think, well, I'm better than this person or these people. I act just as righteously as them. But we do not measure ourselves against other people, but against the holiness of God. And when we measure ourselves against the character and the holiness of God, we all fall short. We are sinners lost. And we must not believe what the world believes. This is most people's theology. That if you just try your best, and if you're sincere, and if you do more good deeds than bad deeds, then God is somehow obligated to allow you into heaven one day. But that is not the gospel. And that is not what the Bible teaches, my friend. We are born in the sinful flesh and we are already enemies of God, separated from Him because of our sinful state. And it gets worse. Look in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is what? Death. The payment for sin is death. Not just physical death, but spiritual death. Now this means that if we die in our sinful state, we will be separated from God's goodness and holiness forever to dwell in a place of torment called hell that is prepared for Satan and his demons and all those that reject the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. This is bad news, isn't it? But you see, before you can really appreciate the good news, you have to see the bad news. All have sinned. 
all have fallen short of the glory of God. We are separated from, our, from in a right relationship with our Creator. And not only that, the payment for sin is death. Eternal death in hell. Before you can see the good news, you must see the bad. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only antidote for spiritual death and eternal separation from God's goodness in hell. So why is the gospel good news? Well, look at the second part of Romans 6.23. I didn't read it a minute ago. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There are not many ways to heaven. There is one. And the Bible is clear about that. It's a gift, and that's why it's good news. Look again at Romans 5, 6. Romans 5, 6 and verse 8. This is why the gospel's good news. Remember, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There are none righteous, no, not one. And the wages of sin is death, spiritual death forever in hell. But Romans 5 and 6 says, For while we were still weak, he's speaking of a spiritual weakness. At the right time, Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. That is all of us. And verse 8 says, But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Amen, Christ died for us. If you ever doubt the love of God for you, my brother, my sister, look to the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Look to the cross. And there you will see God's love for you and for me. This is the good news. It goes along with that wonderful verse that we quote so many times that Jesus spoke Himself in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, the sinner, the ungodly, the unsaved, that He gave and sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. God came in the flesh and dwelt among us and He went to a cross bearing our sins. And God poured out His wrath upon His Son so that we could be free. This Jesus was buried in a borrowed tomb and on the third day He rose again. And because He lives, you can live too. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son you see the Gospel story. You see the Gospel announcement. And then you see the Gospel community. And whosoever will believe in Him will not perish, have this death throughout eternity in hell, but will have everlasting life, true abundant life in the glory of heaven, in the presence of God. That's why it's called good news. And it is a gift given unto you today. How do we receive this gift of the Gospel of Jesus Christ into our life? How can, you might be asking, how can I be saved from my sinful state as the Bible calls me a sinner, undone, dying, and on my way to hell? How can I be saved from my sin? 
How can I be saved from a worthless life? How can I be rescued from death, the grave, and hell? Romans chapter 10 tells us. Verses 9 and 10 of Romans 10. Here is what you need to do today. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the gift. For with the heart one believes and is justified. If you believe in Jesus Christ and what He did upon the cross and that He lives today and that He's been given the name above all names and He's not just the Lord, but He's your Lord. If you'll confess that today and believe that what He did at Calvary is able to save you, you will be justified by the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed at the cross. You'll be saved. And you will be announced before heaven as clean. It is calling out to Jesus in faith today. Common, be my Savior, be my Lord. I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe you are the only way to eternal life in heaven. It is calling out to Jesus in faith and trusting in Him. And what He did to save you, that is the gift. There is no other way. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by Me. This is God's antidote for your sinful state. This is God's free gift to you today to receive salvation by faith. Jesus is a friend to sinners, amen? Jesus is the friend to sinners that gives new life. You can have that new life today. You can have eternal life today. You can be born again today. And what is the promise to anyone that by faith receives the gospel of Jesus Christ? Stay there and look at verses 11 and 13 of Romans 10. For the Scripture says, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. That means when Christ returns or you die, you will not be put to shame. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you call upon the name of the Lord today, you will be saved. No one has ever called out to the Lord sincerely by faith, asking Jesus Christ to be their Savior, has been turned away. If you call out to Him today, He will not turn you away. It's all about the Gospel. And the Gospel is good news to fallen man. It's given to us as a gift from God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You cannot buy this. You cannot earn it. It is a gift of grace because God loves you. You can only hear it today. You can only believe in it. You can be saved by it. You can rejoice in it and live the gospel life with God's help. Further in that message of what is the promise to anyone that by faith receives the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look again in Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. Remember, it said, All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and you will not be condemned when your life on this earth is over or Christ returns. Verse 11, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. You see, when you call upon the name of the Lord, He sends the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, and He seals your heart until the day of redemption. In that same chapter, in verse 33, Paul asks a question. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn His family? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Beloved, if you've called upon the name of the Lord today, nothing shall separate you from the love of Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No, he answers. In all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you who have called upon Jesus from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. You are His when you call upon Him in salvation. This is what we call the security of the believer for those who call upon the name of the Lord to save them. Is there anything more beautiful? More deep? More awe-inspiring and glorious than the Gospel? And that's why, beloved, we should be all about the Gospel. Because there is nothing more glorious, more beautiful, more deep, more awe-inspiring than the Gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the message of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That each person sitting in this room today must receive by faith to be saved. As we come to a close today, first I want to speak to the Christian. You have called out to Christ. His Spirit dwells within you. You've been born again. You are secure. This is the message that saved you. Remember that? At some point in your life, some of you it's been many, many years. Some of you just a few short weeks or months. But this is the message that saved you. And this is the life that must be lived and shared. Christian, listen to me today. People in your life need to hear the gospel that saved you. Will you pray for them? Will you go to them? Or will you be ashamed of the gospel? Are you bored with the gospel? Are you unfaithful to the gospel? 
Have you been forgetful of the gospel? If so, will you today once again be made to see the beauty and the sufficiency of the gospel for your life? Heavenly Father, take control, Heavenly Father, of this time. Hear the prayers of your people. Some will be praying for strength and guidance. Some will be praying for one that needs salvation. Others need to pray to receive you as Christ. Lord, barge open the doors of our hearts today and move in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.